This is the Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Josh, and today's game will be pitting the Bench Warmer team of Mason and Scott. Uh, versus bench warmer Marcus and returning player and head coach for our Patreon team, Chris Shen. Welcome back to the bench, Chris. With today's appearance, you become a member of the Five Timer Club. Uh, congratulations. Um, why don't you take a minute to remind us about yourself and answer the following questions since, you know, we know a bunch about you. What is your favorite live action movie based on a cartoon? Oof. So, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Chris Chen. I'm from Worcester, Mass., proud home of the uh, Worcester Red Sox. And the best live-action movie based on a cartoon, definitely not He-Man. That was probably one of the worst. Um, it's going to be a lot of editing because, I, I don't know, it's, I was unprepared for this question. Um, I like this question a lot. Of course you do. See, I would say the comic book ones, but I never, I, I never watched, I never read comic books. Do comic books count? I don't know. If it was a cartoon. Oh, you know what? You know what I will say actually is is a recent one. They did um, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers, not the other Chippendales. They did do a Chippendale Rescue Rangers um, uh, reboot, sort of. Um, it's on. Uh, you can find it streaming now. It's a, that one was actually pretty good. I watched that with my kids, so that was good. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and you guys can all answer this too when we get around to you, and I'll, I'll share mine at, at, before we get going as well. Um, so, Marcus, let us know how you're doing. Let us know your favorite live-action movie based on a cartoon. And also tell me yours and Mr. Shen's team name was going to be tonight. Okay. Uh, I had a great day. It's the hottest week of the year here in the state of Washington, uh, it was about 94 today, so uh, Josh North and I went to his dad's house, had a pool day, hung out. I am, I'm just going to be honest, I've had a few adult beverages, so this is going to be a good time. And I've gotten a, a team with Chris before, so we're, we're going to have a good time with that. Now, cartoon first, live action movie second. I'm going to go with a recent one, because I'm going to count this. I could do comic book movies or superhero heroes sort of but i'm not going to do that i'm going to say sonic the hedgehog that was very enjoyable it caught me by surprise like i was i did not have high expectations i really enjoyed that movie even though yeah so uh and our team name uh i'm pretty sure the last time we teamed up we um had some sort of uh related uh team name but chris and i today are going to be half minority report (laughs) all right and uh mason and scott same for you guys. Uh, let us know how you're doing. Favorite. Now, Mason, if you haven't seen any movies. I was going to say, I don't know what any of those words mean. You're going to have to translate that. <laughs> I was going to say, he might be exempt from this. I, I Maybe, yes. If if you have not seen any movie that is live action based on a cartoon. Probably have at some point. Oh, okay. Well, I, I can't name one off the top of my head. but That's right. Um, if you don't have one, you don't have to answer. Yeah. That's okay. okay. That's fine. So if you guys want to let us know how you're doing and you know team name and all that good stuff. I'll go first and Scott came up with the team name. Um, well, yeah. yeah, we came up with something at least. Um, I'm doing okay. 
Um, tomorrow is my first day back at work. So we have a whole week of long professional development days where we just, I don't even know what we're doing, but nothing that will help me for the school year, mostly. Um, so yeah, I just get to sit in meetings all day. Um, but other than that, I'm doing fine. I actually went to my nephew's birthday party. They both have uh, birthdays in July, so they had a joint party today. So I went to my sister's house and did that. So that was fun. Scott? Um, well, I'm going to lay some cold takes on you guys because I actually enjoyed the Aladdin movie uh, from a couple years ago. Um, that's not more what I'm picking, but I actually liked it. Um, I actually, <laughs> it's a, a guilty pleasure movie of mine from the mid-2000s is Fat Albert. <laughs> Um, that movie's a lot of fun um and then i love the original scooby-doo um not monsters unleashed because that one was not great but the first one i think is very very enjoyable um but i have to go with transformers because i remember going to see the first one that came out like right after i graduated high school and theaters and i was thoroughly surprised by how much i liked it and how good it was um so i'll go with transformers as my number one pick there um, and I just gave those because I don't really have anything else going on. So I don't have much else to say. I'm wondering, I'm thinking maybe we should change our team name on the fly to other half minority report, but um, I think we'll just stick with what we came up with. Cause that might get too confusing for Josh. So Mason and I once upon a time back in the day, there was this thing called the Dean's list. Um, I know you guys all remember it. You all love it. We get, we get your fan mail. We know. But during one of those Dean's List, we had a question about tight end. Uh, I believe it was receiving yards uh, for tight ends. And Mason and I just pretty much named every starting tight end in the NFL from that previous season. So our team name based on that is going to be We Name Tight Ends. All right. So we got Half Minority Report versus We Name Tight Ends. And Scott, uh, if I had to pick a winner, you would be the winner because your number one is my number one. I have Optimus Prime Lego I up see. on my bookshelf behind me. It's really weird that Megan Fox looked immaculate when everybody else was dirty and bloody during that final battle in that movie. <laughs> so weird, strange. And, and so for me, it was my childhood coming to li- live action childhood. I love the Transformers cartoon. And granted, I've tried to watch it going back. It wasn't a great cartoon. I'll just say that. In- the cartoon movie is not good. Oh, the cartoon movie is really bad, except that uh, they have Weird Al uh, for the Junk Planet. They have um, Dare to be Stupid is the song, so that's at least something nice. Um, and progressively, the movies have gotten worse and worse every time a new one comes out. But the first one, it was, yeah, it's not great cinema, but like I said, childhood come to life, and that was pretty awesome. Okay, well, now let's get to uh, you know what we all came here for, which is sports trivia. So let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. We'll be starting off with the coin flip question to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see your today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Thank you, Dan. And now it is time for our coin flip, a 50-50 warm-up question worth 10 points. 
And since, Chris, you are our guest, you and Marcus will get to answer the coin flip question, which is, who has won more championships, Boston's Big Four teams or Ohio State University? For clarification, I am only taking NCAA Division I sanctioned team championships into account for OSU. So, okay, so all sports for Ohio State? All NCAA Division I sanctioned team championships. So not their Quidditch team. Wow. Well, I hate this. (laughs) There's obviously a lot in Boston. A lot. Celtics. Um... Bruins, they've won a couple, haven't they? Yeah. And then uh, the Red Sox have won six, I think. Yeah. I think you're looking around 35, somewhere around there, maybe 37, something, somewhere in that, that range. It still seems low, though. Ohio State's an old – they've been around a long time. They've obviously won – they've won football and basketball. Um, they might have a hockey one. I know they've been there. Uh, but I mean, they, there's a, there's so many different sports. There's just a there's just a long span of time, and we know from these coin flips that they are going to be. It's close. Yeah, I would I would lean Boston it, just off of my initial scan of the question. I would say Boston, but uh, I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, see, I mean, I would I would actually go the other direction because you know, let's say hypothetically, their women's diving team is dominant and they've won like 15 times, you know, I have no idea like the, the division one sports um, and they're a big enough university that they're competing in a lot of sports. Oh, wait. Uh, we also have new England Patriots too. Yeah. The Patriots. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm good with Ohio state. If you're, if yeah. you feel better about that. I mean, I, I, I mean, there's no way for me to know how many Ohio state. No, we have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. When I think of Ohio State basketball, I just think about Greg Oden and Mike Conley. That's all. I don't think about anybody else. What, did Michael Red go to Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. Okay. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, Aaron Aaron Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> the, the basketball tournament cha- uh, uh, stalwart. <laughs> uh, the TBT stalwart, Aaron Kraft. Anyways. All right. Uh, let's go with what you said. Yeah, I say, I say we go with Ohio State. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, let's start with Boston. Their big four have won 38 championships. Celtics have 17. Red Sox, nine. Patriots and Bruins both have six apiece. Ohio State has won 31 NCAA Division I sanctioned team championships. Um, Most uh, on that list is men's swimming with 11 Uh, Then they have a bunch of sports with three, two, and one. Unfortunately, Division I FBS football is the only NCAA sport which the NCAA does not sanction a yearly championship event. So their eight claimed college football championships do not count as part of this question. Mm. If they did, they would have been at 39. Interesting. That makes sense. You know, for the longest, I mean, even, even now with the, champion with the tournament the 14 tournament it still isn't an ncaa sanctioned it's because at the end they still have all of the ap and ap all national champion all the, the different ones yeah but they yeah. just all vote for whoever wins it so right 
why it's not that makes sense. I don't know, but all right. And only one of those eight that they claim um, did they were they unanimously the championship, and that was the 2014. Hmm. Well, what about what about 2000? Was it 2001 when they beat Miami? 2002. I, 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 I looked at all of these ones. They there was at least one or two of those other. Like there's eight different entities that vote on who they believe is this national championship. So yeah, they only have one where they were unanimous from all of the entities. So heading into the first quarter, half minority report did not get the question right. So they have zero and we name tight ends for doing nothing but sitting on their hands as 10 points. I don't, I hope that's the, all they're doing with their hands. <laughs> Bro, when you're here, never. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be Sporting Haikus. Sporting Haikus. For this quarter, there will be four questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 25 points. Question one in Sporting Haikus. Clinched WC playoff berth. Commissioner's Cup winner. Home means the meadows. And obviously I'm restrained with syllables for haiku. But uh, if you're not sure what WC is, I could let you know that that is Western Conference. You want to go with it? Yep. We'll check in. Okay, uh, we name tight ends has checked in, so half minority report. You guys can talk it out. All right, um, Commissioner's Cup says clinched Western Conference playoff berth. I think we were both thinking hockey initially, but if they're saying they just clinched a Western Conference playoff berth, that makes me think that it might be MLS. It's not Lumen. It's not Lumen Field. That doesn't mean the Meadows. So it's not the Sounders if we were going there. Yeah, MLS, I have even less yeah. knowledge in their stadium names. If it means the Meadows, does that mean it's a synonym? Or could it be in another language? Like, well, the only one that speaks like French, they would be in French, would be Montreal. But that's, you know, Eastern Conference for hockey. The other thing that I had a thought of is... For some reason, I feel like the WNBA also has like a weird thing, like the Commissioner's Cup, or I've I I just feel like I heard about it um, related to like when the um, it was something about you remember when Kelsey Plum got the All Star MVP and they gave her a trophy that they bought at like a store down the street from the arena right before the game started. Like I remember seeing it, and then I saw like. I saw her team celebrating with the commissioner. I thought that somebody played a joke on her about it. Like they brought out some like little rinky dink trophy and we're like, ha ha ha. So 
I'm kind of thinking it could be her team, the Las Vegas Aces, but I don't know what that arena is called. I assume they play. Would it be the same place where the um, where the Knights play? Do you know where they play? No, uh, but oh, I, I, isn't I, it just T-Mobile Arena? That might not be it. I don't know. They I'm play. Just... They play in Vegas, so it might be one of the one of the casinos where they play. I know the. I mean the one. They. I mean it's not. It's Eastern Conference, but the Mohegan Sun is where, obviously, the Connecticut Sun play. Yeah, but. I don't know where any of the like WNBA teams play. Yeah. Like I said, I just, obviously I follow every move Kelsey Plum makes. And I know there was a video a few days ago about them when they won something that they were making fun of her getting that rinky dink trophy at the all-star game. I think it might be the Las Vegas aces. That's, that's my, that's what I'm feeling. The commissioner's cup makes me, I don't know. That's all I got. That's where I'm leaning. All right, you want to go that's with fine. it? Yeah, Las Vegas Aces. Right. Yeah, that's what we'll check in with. Okay, and we named tight ends. What did you guys have for an answer? So I vaguely remember seeing an article about it. I didn't read it, but the Commissioner's Cup, if I remember correctly, is their in-season tournament in the WNBA. Um, they, I think it's been going on for a couple of years. And so I remember it happening. I couldn't remember who won it. First thing that came to mind was the Aces, and then I think I figured out the last part. Scott and I talked it out. I think Las Vegas translated into English might be the Meadows from Spanish. Uh, so we're thinking that might be what that means because we had no idea what that meant otherwise. Um, so we went with the Las Vegas Aces as well. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, the Aces beat the Chicago Sky 93-83 to on July 26th to win the second uh, ever WNBA Commissioner's Cup. And Mason, you are correct that in Spanish, or translating Spanish to English, Las Vegas means the Meadows. I'd, I'd kind of hope that we had talked it out because I wanted to bring up Kelsey Plum before Marcus. But when you said Aces, Mason, I my head immediately went to, like, I follow her on Instagram, see, like, one of the few WNBA players I follow on Instagram, and I remember seeing them, yeah, like a bunch of posts with her and her team celebrating something. So when you said that, it was like, yeah, that that's likely it, because otherwise, what else were they celebrating? I love you, Kelsey. All right, let's move on to question two in Sporting Haikus. MLB All-Star, game-winning home run in fourth, not the MVP. So you good with that? Yeah, that's fine. All right, we're checked in. Okay, we named tight ends is checked in. Half minority report. You guys can talk it out. You watched the All-Star game, Chris? Unfortunately, I didn't. I was actually, and I am not somebody who normally goes to plays, but I was at a Neil Diamond play the night of the All-Star game this year. So Wait, <laughs> Neil Diamond? He makes. I thought Neil Simon did plays. I'm so confused. Anyways, <laughs> keep going. Sorry. Wow. So it's basically the opposite of watching the All-Star game. Okay. Yeah. That's about as, so I know that the American league won, and there were two home runs hit back to back in the fourth inning. I know I'm fairly positive that Giancarlo Stanton hit one, but I don't know who hit the other one off the top of my head. So I'm trying to think of guys who are all stars that would have been hitting in the middle of the lineup with Stanton. Um, uh, I'm, it, I was very much paying attention to all-star starters because I thought Julio Rodriguez should have been one. So I know 
Trout was a starter, but he might have been somebody who dropped out due to injury. I think it was Stanton and Judge, but I don't think Judge was the other one. Devers? Devers is definitely a middle-of-the-lineup guy. He started. I, I, th- I, think yeah, I think he started. I think he started at third. I don't think it was him. Oh, gosh. This is going to make me nuts. It's there. It's there somewhere. Now, what, what is not the MVP? Like, is, oh, because-, because, because I think one of them that hit the home runs, and I think it was Stanton, I think one of uh, – it has to be that one of them won the MVP. Okay. So I'm just trying to remember who uh, who's the other guy who hit the home run. Start naming, uh, if you can, like some of the guys that you – at least you think made the all-star team. I'm really – Well, Judge. Okay. Um, we can name some tight ends for you guys. If yeah, I was going to say, they, you, should change your name to, you should change your name to We Name AL I All-Stars. Think, I think Altu- Altuve was on the team starting. I think it was – Soto, Vlad Guerrero. Oh no, he would have been National League. Yeah, Vlad Guerrero. Oh, Bobuchet uh, um, didn't start, did he? No, 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 no. I um, uh, Tim Anderson, maybe. Oh, from the White Sox. Yeah. Yes, I, I think he was the other guy. I think, I think it's Tim Anderson. Yeah, I, Anderson feels right to me. I think it was him. I think he was the other guy. All right, that works for me. Okay, we're going to check in with Tim Anderson. Okay, and we named tight ends. What did you guys have for an answer? Uh, so Stanton hit, I think he had a two-run shot and then to tie it, and then the game winner was hit by, and he crushed it. It's uh, MLB's Punxsutawney Phil, Byron Buxton. So that's oh, what we checked no. in with. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Byron Buxton. Yeah, so Stanton hit that two-run homer that tied the game, um, and then Buxton came up next and hit the game winner, and Stanton was given the MVP. Um, Buxton, at the time that I wrote this, a couple days back, uh, he had 51 home runs since his last grounded into a double play, which is the most since double plays were officially tracked in both leagues in 1940. I know that Buxton has hit at least one or two since I wrote the question, and I doubt he's hit into a double play. Hard to double him up, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting stat that I saw when I was scrolling through Facebook one day. All right, let's move on to question three. Four-time F1 champ drives for Aston Martin now, announced retirement. My ne- my Netflix queue has the F1 show on it. <laughs> I made it two episodes. But you haven't in. watched it. Oh no. no, I have nothing. I have two names that I that are my go to for F one. Yeah, I I have the same two names. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's right. Oh god, I have no idea. I'm not going to get it. I there's no way of reasoning it out. There's no way of talking it out. <laughs> um, because I don't have other names. I don't have anything to base this off of. If you didn't see it. Pat, you know, come through on ESPN.com or anything. You, you might, you know. Thing is, I vaguely remember it, seeing something about this. I just trying to think if I could pull a name here. So <laughs> I vaguely saw like somebody. It just randomly popped up. Yeah, yeah. My feed, I, but I, I, did, I didn't click on it because I had nothing invested in it. <laughs> Same. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure something 
been on Bleacher Report as I've been scrolling for like MLB trade deadline stuff, and I probably just scrolled <laughs> right past it. We're getting the check in. All right, half minority report is checked in. We name tight ends. You guys can talk it out. Well, I think our best bet might be to take a last name of a tight end that might that sounds like an F one <laughs> driver. There you go. There you go. That's a good idea. Because <laughs> I, I got nothing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the go to. Obviously, is Martellus Bennett racing? Is he racing uh, F one cars now? Like, oh man, I, uh... I don't know. Um. Yeah. Mark Andrews, Andrews. That's oh, you know, you know, it's a good one is Rudolph. Oh, right? yeah. He's playing with TB12 now. Maybe, he's, you know, maybe. Well, too bad Kate Otten's going to be the leading receiver in that tight end group. Washington Husky legend Kate Otten. When it's F1, it's usually that Michael Shoemaker character, and I know this is not him, so. Maybe if I press the F1 key on my keyboard, something will come up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, guys, Mason just dropped off the, the call. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> And nothing happened. Oh, well, I guess that's my answer. Then I have nothing. Um, yep. I don't so. either. Uh, Rudolph. Sure. That, hey, right. it could work. It could work. You never know. All right. We're going to check in with Rudolph. Okay. <laughs> and half an early part. What did you guys have for an answer? Well, after much intense deliberation, Chris and I decided to name a few of the F1 drivers that we know. And we knew those weren't the correct answers. But then... Chris so eloquently led me to an F1 driver that I wasn't thinking of initially when we thought of this question. His name is Jean Girard. <laughs> and he, he drew, formerly drove in Formula 1. <laughs> so we're checking in with Jean Girard. Oh. <laughs> well, that answer <laughs> at least made me... Made me <laughs> um, unfortunately, no points will be awarded uh, for this question. Uh, the correct answer is Sebastian Vettel. Um, Vettel won his four consecutive championships driving for Red Bull from 2010 to 2013. Let's move on to the last question in Sporting Haikus. Question four. Eugene, Oregon. 400-meter hurdles. World record holder. All right, Josh, we are checked in. All right, we named tight ends is checked in. Half minority report. You guys can talk it out. Okay, Chris. Um, were you thinking Tyson Gay? No, uh, I don't know. Did he just break a world record? No. So what I think this is, I think it's a woman that just broke it at the world championships. I'm trying to channel David Lux right now. Hold on. So this is extremely frustrating to me because, so I was just saying to Marcus, my sister is a big runner and she follows like track and field. And, um, are you trying to phone a friend, Chris? Is that what you're saying? I wish if I could, if I could look at my text messages, I could, I could get the answer in about two seconds because my son was, um, with her at a, a track and field event about three or four years ago. And she's like, Oh, these two, these two runners are going to be huge stars. So she got my son's picture with both of these athletes. One's a male and one's a female. And I think both of them either broke records or won the respected events this year. And uh, I, can't, I can't remember their names. I can't remember so, their names. So here's what I have right now. I think, I think her name is Sydney. I just don't remember her last name. Sydney. Oh, my God. This is going to make me insane. 
I know David, David, speaking of David, he's probably squirming in his chair whenever he listens to this, whether it's when he's QAing the episode or whether or not he, I'm going to get a message at some point, David being like, oh, I'm freaking out right now because it was in Eugene. This is a couple weeks ago. Devin Allen got disqualified for jumping early. I was hoping this was a 110 hurdles question because I was ready to put Devin Allen. Um, oh my God. Any, is that ringing a bell for you at all? Sydney something? Chris? Mm-hmm. Nope. I, I don't think that, because it's like, you know, four years ago, my sister told me their names. And then like a couple of weeks ago, she resent me the pictures and said their names again. But like, that was the only time that I, that I saw them. Oh God. It's Sydney. Uh, McGuire, Sydney McGuire, maybe. McGuire, uh, Sydney McGuire is what we'll check in with. Hey, and we named tight ends. What did you guys have for an answer? Oh, we had absolutely nothing uh, for a while here talking about Marcus and David in Oregon. Um, and then I know that I, I, again, this is someone that I follow on Instagram. I follow her on Instagram. That's how I even know who she is. Um, and I did remember seeing something within the past few weeks that she broke a record, didn't know what record it was, was really hoping it was uh, 400 meter hurdles. Sounds like it is. We checked in with Sydney McLaughlin. Oh my. Uh, one team will give me points. Correct answer is Sydney. I'm not sure if it's McLaughlin or McLaughlin, but you're it. Yeah. Oh, Marcus, you were so close. When he said McGuire, I was like, oh, oh. he's going to get it. I was like, he's just going to go through mix. And like go Macintosh and McGinty and then McGillicuddy. eventually get there. Like, yeah. So Sydney also won. Um, she won a second gold medal in the four by 400 relay as the anchor uh, at the 2022 world championships. So. All right. Well, after the first quarter, we have the following scores. Um, half minority report did get on the board. They do have points. They have 25 points. Um, and we named tight ends is up to 85 points. And that brings us to today's second quarter, which will be pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be four before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. It's been a little while since I've written a pre and post game, so thought I'd give it a go again. We listen right. to the fan mail. We read it. Okay. When you're talking about the Dean's List, I don't want to hear about Sam Carr emailing you over and over and over again. Oh, no, that's all. That's all Eid. I don't. <laughs> Sam and I talk about real things that are important. All right. Well, Sam and I do not talk about things that are important. You guys <laughs> but I'm guessing you don't talk that. about uh, the Dean's List. No. We talk, about, we talk about Cardi B. For the record, I like the Dean's List a lot. I know it can be a pain to edit it, but. All right. I also think there should be a bonus for like completing the list, but yeah. don't, don't try to, don't try to add things to <laughs> See, now you're just going to make us more stick it on a shelf. That's it. <laughs> Trying to make it more complicated. All right. Question one in pre and post game. Cause that's the quarter style we're doing right now. <laughs> uh, what hall of famer who made his major league, 
uh, Major League Baseball debut in 1948 and became the first black pitcher to take the mound in World Series history that same season, was named both AP Player of the Year and Naismith College Player of the Year in 2021. I, I think that's our best bet because it, it works on both. Yeah, it fits. So okay. I, I, I don't see us coming up with something that makes more sense. Yeah, if you feel good about the other half, then yeah. yeah. I do. All right, okay. we're checked in. Okay, we named tight ends is checked in. Half minority report. You guys can talk it out. Okay. Um, yes, thank you. All right. Well, I think we got there as soon as they checked in. So go ahead, Chris. Tell me what you initially um, sent over and what we were thinking right off the bat. Yeah, originally we were we were thinking Bob Gibson, but I don't know that seemed that did seem a little late, and then um, we couldn't think of um, who was who was the player of the year. Uh, um, I I was fairly certain that in twenty twenty one Luca Garza had won uh, the Naismith Player of the Year, and then Chris said Satchel Page. And that got me onto oh maybe this isn't a man, and uh, and then uh, you know he uh, Chris was like oh Paige her name's Paige and I went oh my god that girl from UConn, and I think her last name is Buker or Becker it's spelled weird it's Buker yeah. something like that, um McGuire, shut the <laughs> up, um. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. You can check it in. You you say it however yeah, you think. S- Satchel Page Buker. I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced, but I understand what you're saying. So yep. All right. And we named tight ends. What did you guys have? Uh pretty similar discussion. Um Mason threw out Satchel Page. Is just trying to figure out the time frame because I'm pretty certain Larry Doby was the first American League black player right after Jackie Robinson. So as long as Satchel Page on Cleveland was after Doby, then it would be fine. Um, and then with Satchel Page, the only name that made sense is Page Bukers. So we also checked in with Satchel Page Bukers. All right. Well, I will give both teams the points. Um, that is kind of how it's spelled, but the correct answer is Satchel Page Beckers. But yes, it is spelled with that U in there. But uh, it looks like Walker Bueller, but it's Bueller. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Yes. So in 1999, Satchel ranked number 19 on Sporting News list of the 100 greatest baseball players. And Beckers was also named the USBWA National Player of the Year and won the John R. Wooden Award. And as Marcus alluded to, Luca Garza won the same awards yeah. in 2021. How's his career going? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Is it going at all? I'm sure uh, he's I think he's. I think he's on a two-way with the Pistons. I'm gonna say okay. playing, probably, playing probably behind somebody. playing behind a Husky legend, Isaiah Stewart. Okay, moving on to question two. What all-time leading scorer for Duke basketball was also the winning head coach of Super Bowl thirty-four? We're gonna check in. All right. Half minority part is checked in. So we named tight ends. You guys can talk it out. Pretty sure we have it. It was the year before, actually, what I was thinking. Right. But yeah. yeah. So, I, well, they won back to back, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I think I think 34 would have been the 99 season. Or 
or 2000. Either way, it's, I it's, think it's, so, I think it's, I think it's Rams Titans. So. Yeah, so that'd be 99 season. So, so it's yeah. Dick Vermeil. So, so JJ read Dick Vermeil, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think it has to be. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's what we're checking in, Josh. JJ read Dick Vermeil. All right. And half minute report. What did you guys have? Well, yeah, Marcus came up with it pretty quickly. Uh, we had the the same answer. JJ read Dick Vermeil. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is indeed JJ read Dick Vermeil. JJ became the first NBA player to take on a podcast during the regular season starting in 2016. And Vermeil holds the distinction of being named coach of the year on the high school, junior college, collegiate, and professional levels. That's pretty impressive. So it is. And he probably cried at all three stop or all four of I, those places. I well, <laughs> love that guy. I think, I no, think nothing wrong with showing your emotions, but that dude that, right? cries a lot. And I appreciate it. All right, let's move on to question three in pre and post game. What teenager who beat Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova to win her only two Grand Slam women's singles titles is also a journeyman guard who recently signed a one-year contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves? What's he up to? If he's a guard, probably 6'5", 6'6". I don't know where he is. No, I think he's less than that. (laughs) Don't do that. Jesus, that was actually really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Josh. (laughs) Sorry, Marcus. I didn't mean to throw you off. I am sorry. That caught me. (laughs) Wait. What if it's this, dude? What if it's? <laughs> I think she won more than two, uh, but that's a great answer. Let me write that one down for a future future pre-post. That is a great. I guess it does work. Yeah, well, I mean it works. I just don't know. I don't say it very weirdly, but it would work. I think. Uh, I think this is definitely one I don't need to worry about Scott telling me that I stole. That I already have it. Ad. Doesn't so the, seem. Doesn't seem does like not it. Seem to be. No. <laughs> No, nope. that is a great pre and post game, though. I will say that's uh, all right, guys. Teams, yeah. let's uh, let's if you're not there, you know, we're, if you, oh, we're definitely not there. It uh, it certainly doesn't help if you don't have well, if you don't, if you're not sure on either end, that makes it real. Well, yeah. it's if you're just trying to back the front it, and like you said, there's so many journeyman cards. Uh, it's like, if you like, if which one would pick the Timberwolves? Yeah, if you're not, uh, uh, if you don't yeah. remember about a week ago who signed with them, pick one, Chris. You got this. You want to go with that? <laughs> Just because we have nothing else. Yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> we we, I guess I right. guess we'll just check in. It's, it's definitely not right. But... <laughs> All right, we named tight ends is checked in. So half minority report. What do you guys have for an answer? <sighs> not not one. Not a good one. No, no. Um, I know that Eric Pascal just signed with that. That's who it was. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, but we'll then Josh's comment about, I don't know, like six, four to six, six or whatever. Got me thinking about Kyle Anderson. I think he signed with them, but, but Chris, you were pretty heavy on Jennifer Capriotti, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Capriotti was really good as a teenager. Um, It would have been about the time that Navratilova and, 
Chris Everett were, <laughs> were playing and I know Capriotti really fell off after that. I don't think she, I think she got, um, you know, she just basically didn't do anything after she was, I think she was on sports illustrated early on and then right. just sort of fell off. But, um, and then we just started naming every TJ that we could <laughs> think of. So just, just pick one and, and, and let's, uh, let's spare, uh, well, let's find out the real answer. Yeah. Um, well, should we just go with the first one, TJ McConnell? I mean, at least we know he's a basketball player, unlike T. Martin or TJ Hushmanzada or, or, or one that's active like TJ Ford. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. It's like TJ Ford, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Jennifer Capriot, TJ McConnell. Okay. And we named tight ends. What did you guys have for a creative answer? I mean, I feel like that's it. The that might be McConnell. I mean, that that fits. We had Capriotti, though. That's the thing. That was we did, we had TJ we, too. Yeah, we were like, he makes it to that Jennifer Capriotti. Or no, I said Jennifer Capriotti, and then I said TJ something, but we could not think of a of a, an active TJ in the NBA. So we went off of that one and we just could not figure anything else out because it was a journeyman guard. Um, obviously, Ish Smith came to mind because he's played for every team and switches every That season. was my first thought when he was Same, reading the yeah. question. So with that, we were like, let's just put something that maybe works. And we picked a tennis player that played, um, came up really in the era of when those two were starting to go on the way out. So we said Martina Hingish Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. That's, I want you to get points. That's, that's I mean, so funny. It's not right, but uh, that's really um, good. neither team will be getting points. Oh. Unfortunately, oh. you guys were, I think with both of those, you're at least 15 to 20 years uh, too far into the future. Um, this person won their Grand Slams in 79 and 81. Mm. And that, so the answer is Tracy Austin Rivers. You know, I was thinking Austin Rivers because I was like, he would go there, but he I don't know any tennis to... player with Austin. Yeah. Yeah, Tracy so. Austin. Uh, she yeah. won. So Austin, Tracy remains the youngest U.S. Open female singles champion, age 16, which would have been 1979. Wow. And the youngest inductee into the International Tennis Hall of Fame at the age of 29. She got inducted for two wins. Well, I mean, she had other, she had other, ter- like, she had other wins. Okay. Just no majors. Just those, no majors. Those are the only, the old, those are only two sing- women's singles Grand Slams. Okay. She, she won a mixed doubles Grand Slam in 1980. Okay. And she won, she, she was the world number one in that stretch. She's Hall of Fame worthy is what, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in 2015, Rivers became the first player in NBA history to play for his father, Doc, uh, then head coach of the Clippers. I think it's safe to say that Austin Rivers is a journeyman guard. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I was very certain. Of, how, how could I talk about this guy? And I'm like, right. yeah, he's been on like five or six. Oh, games. yeah. Well, I kept thinking about those guys who switch all the time. And that's why I said to Mason, what's up with Rajon Rondo right now? Like, what's <laughs> what's up with him? I know Rubio just re-signed with Cleveland, so I knew he was out. Okay, guess what? There's only one left in pre and post game. Actually, the first two went pretty well. We'll see how the fourth one goes. Question four in pre and post game. What NFL rookie of the year and three-time NFL MVP has the nickname of the International Boxing Hall of Famer who was instrumental in integrating the game of golf, breaking the sports color barrier in America by appearing under a sponsor's exemption 
in a PGA event in 1952. Uh, you just talked about six different sports. In uh, question. Three. Uh, oh, all right. Only three. Uh, so just to clear it up, there's the first per- first one is a person. The second thing is a nickname. That's where they squish together is name, nickname. All right, we're going to check in. All right, we named tight ends is checked in. Half minority report. You guys can talk it out. You got a little bit of time here if you need. Uh, so, Chris, I uh, the the boxer just appeared at this golf thing. It's not a golfer. It's a boxer's nickname is the second half of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. so the boxer is the one who then played in a PGA Tour thing to oh, okay. break the color barrier. And they were like, oh, black people do like golf. Spoiler alert, they don't. Uh, <laughs> all right, hold on. Uh, <laughs> rookie of the, <laughs> rookie of the year, three-time, three-time NFL MVP, is, is the, that list is smaller. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can name boxers, many boxers from 1952. Right, it was somebody who got famous as a boxer in that era. I'm just thinking of boxing. I'm thinking of like smoking Joe Frazier. Um, God, I don't. Uh, this is tough. NFL Rookie of the Year and three-time MVP with a nickname feels like nope. it should be something that you're. You're. you're oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nope, sorry. No nickname. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, they could have said three-time MVP. So I mean, they they might have a nickname, it. but it's not part of this answer. I mean, yeah, there's no time frame for the NFL player either. It could be. Right. So I'm trying to think of, like, would this be around, like, when Joe Lewis was, I don't know, or Maybe. or or Rocky Marciano? Like, that seems to be the. <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis is the Brown Bomber. I think this is Jim Brown. Oh. You want to go with that? Yeah, sure. Let's go with Jim Brown Bomber. That's what we'll check in with. All right. And we named tight ends. What did you guys have for an answer? Yeah, so I started with the back end. I was just thinking of prominent African-American boxers in the 50s. The first one that came to mind was Joe Lewis. I was almost certain his nickname was Brown Bomber, and then kind of everything fell into place. I wouldn't be surprised that Jim Brown would be a three-time NFL MVP, because um, I know he at least won a couple. So we checked in with Jim Brown Bomber as well. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Jim Brown Bomber. Get that backup truck going. Grateful though, Marcus. That that looked like you used a lot of your energy to get to that one there. But I'm struggling. The sun took it out of me. I'm like I'm running on fumes, baby. We're there. Yeah. So so Jim uh, was in his first movie while still a member of the Cleveland Browns in 1964, and he has 58 acting credits to his name. Uh, Joe Lewis was granted posthumous honorary membership by the PGA. Are we, are we getting three Jim Brown halftime questions? Mars attacks. Final, <laughs> who, checked in. Who would do something like that, Scott? <laughs> who would do something like that? 
I would. And yes, that is exactly what you're about to get. So, hey. uh, but before we get to that, let's do a score recap of after the second quarter. Uh, we have the scores of uh, half minority report is up to a hundred, and we name tight ends is at one sixty, and that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the Halftime Show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 25 points. And Scott sniffed it out. This will be an all-Jim Brown movie. Halftime. (laughs) Mason, we're likely getting a goose egg on this. I mean, at least it's Jim Brown, so it's old stuff. I didn't even know he acted until like 15 seconds ago when Josh said he had 58 credits. Okay, so now some of these you hopefully maybe will have some. (laughs) We'll see. Let's just, we'll see. Question one in this Jim Brown halftime. Jim Brown had a cameo in the movie Draft Day along with what fellow Hall of Famer who was inducted in 2018? I hate that this movie needs to be done. You'd be done asking about this. Uh, (laughs) I've never actually seen this movie, but when I was looking through Jim Brown's uh, (laughs) acting credits, his cameo here is one of them. It's bad. I'm relying on Mason for a halftime question. Well, I've seen this movie a couple of times, so just give me a moment. I mean, I gave you a secondary way to hopefully try and get there. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Oh, this is Mason's version of Marcus's. I'm. He's in it. Orgasm sounds when he. That would be the right time frame, right? <laughs> uh, yes, that would be the right time frame. I'm, I have. I think he might have <laughs> been part of the the group that I mentioned. I think he was. Uh, Okay, do it. I think he I think he was there as a I think he was there as that, I want to say, maybe. <laughs> okay. But I might be wrong. I, I have remember him in the movie, I just don't know what, what he did, but I, okay. that would make sense for uh, the, the time frame the fits time frame, for right? Hall of Fame. Yep. Okay, we'll check in. Okay. We named tight ends is checked in. Half minority report. Uh I'm gonna need an answer pretty quick from you guys. Scott, was that last thing you said to Mason? That Marcus makes orgasm noises when he finally gets the no, right answer? No. That you said something as I was typing it to Chris. You, we said the exact same thing. The time frame fits for oh, the Hall of Fame. fits for the Hall of Fame. So we've been banging our heads against the wall thinking of Browns. And none of them really fit as far as when they were inducted or if they were inducted. Peyton Hillis came up. Not a big deal. Um... <laughs> Chris dropping some knowledge. Um, and then I said, could it be someone associated with the other Browns? The real Browns, if you would. And I just said, maybe it's a Raven. I don't know why that would be a thing. And Chris said, Ray Lewis. I That that fits time-wise. He, I, I think they won in 2012. And then he retired, so I think it's five years that they have to wait. So that would be around the time he's definitely first ballot. Yeah, I mean, and I know there's there's some things wrong with that that movie, but um, oh, like I went the, to college like the Seahawks being complete dipshits. <laughs> oh wait, no, they draft terribly all the time. It's fine. That was accurate. 
like whatever their draft the the uh slot scale that they were using for like however the many what did he take one draft he took the number one pick and <laughs> turned it into the number one and the number four or something yeah <laughs> yeah it's like so it's like people yeah. in hollywood were like i know how this works. first and second round picks <laughs> could i could i call somebody in the nfl and figure out how the trade part of this movie works <laughs> no I'll just get the license and we'll go from there um do you want to go with ray lewis the the time frame fits yeah okay yeah that that fits all right uh we'll go with chris's answer ray lewis okay and we named tight ends what did you guys have okay so i the first guy that i thought of and i don't know why because i was going off the browns pretty sure bernie kozar was in the movie but he wasn't inducted in the hall of fame i thought about him too i thought about him um, too arian foster was in i'm pretty sure he was a running back prospect um i thought about i remember there's a bunch of commentators as far as the real life people and i think this person might have been a commentator with them but i remember him in the movie vaguely um so we checked in with ray lewis okay well let's talk about the 2018 inductees who were not in the movie it was not bobby uh, bethard it was not robert brazil it was not brian dawkins it was not jerry kramer it was not Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, or Brian Erlacher. It was, in fact, Ray Lewis. Chris! That will baby. be getting their points. <laughs> there you go. Wow. All right. Let's move on to question two. Jim Brown portrayed the Sharks defensive coordinator in any given Sunday. What was his name? Revenge not included. <laughs> Look at what I said. Okay. You got it. Yeah. 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 We're gonna check in. All right. <laughs> Half minority part has checked in right away. Uh we named tight ends. You guys can talk it out. Revenge not included. What is that a reference to? I don't know. We've got to go off of that though. Unless I, you have something else, because I don't I knew he was in any given Sunday. I didn't know his name. Yeah, I probably um, haven't seen that movie and it's probably been twenty years since I've seen that movie. So Revenge. FYI, this is the second question in a row of a movie I have never seen. Revenge seen not included. These, but... Um uh, I, there's so many. I'm guessing Marcus that gets go. the reference uh, at the moment. Uh, maybe. Well, maybe. no, I no, I do I wasn't listening. Oh, <laughs> Chris yeah. and I are Amazing. So I'm wondering if it's like if it's a reference to a a movie or something else. It's something revenge. But revenge with, of the uh, without, Sith. That's what I was thinking. Right? Is his last name Sith. Revenge of the nerds. Is it Coach <laughs> Sith? Nerds. Revenge of the nerds, aka sexual assault. Oof. This is obviously Coach Nerds. That did not nerds. age well. Not at all. There's oh, a whole oh, lot God. of that that doesn't age well. It's can so bad. Pretty much front to end that whole movie. Just... Mason, can you think of anything else that's so, like revenge. something some something revenge in pop culture i don't know why i'm asking you but i mean if it's a movie i'm not gonna get it if it's maybe music but i can't think of anything that goes that way i mean there's roman's revenge but i don't think josh would pick a Nicki minaj eminem track maybe you never know his name could be roman roman could be a very logical name for a defensive coordinator hey, yeah i might be hip you never know well, it's not about being hip. It's just it's a deep cut, even for those artists. So it's like, <laughs> like if is, you it, the- is it hip to be square? Oh wow! 
that hey, I can't believe that came from down. you. I watched American Psycho the other night. Sorry, it's <laughs> on the top of the mind. Spoiler revenge, alert. Revenge. Revenge. Nope. I, I don't I don't nope. have it. So uh, should, should we, we start naming tight ends? Yeah. Yeah, get, yeah, tight end last oh, name. Oh no. Shanko. Right. We're gonna go Shanko. Right. Yes. <laughs> Coach Shanko. All right. Do, do we have to give a first name? I hope nope, not. No, nope. that's, that's all right. For this one, you don't. This one, you could give a first or last, whatever. I, it's Oh, all right. Ooh. You would give a first. So, Coach. <laughs> coach is not, not his name. <laughs> uh, I'll let you have Coach and, and Shanko. Shanko. Since they're sure. both wrong. Yeah, we'll have both of them. All right. You can have both of them. All right. And uh, half minority part. What do you guys have for an answer? This is my favorite football movie i love it very much it also happens to be the name of my favorite knott's berry farm ride montezuma monroe is his name in the movie but the ride that i love so very much at knott's berry farm is montezuma's revenge and that's what we've checked in with okay well we'll get into that in just a second <laughs> a theme that's, that's park very ride? disturbing um this is a theme park ride reference hold on hold to- on the correct answer is Montezuma Monty Monroe. So one team will be getting points. And before we get to that part, um, podcast favorite Y.A. Tittle uh, had a cameo in the movie. Did he really? <laughs> he was still alive. He did. He um, was still <laughs> So I didn't know about the Knott's Berry Farm um, ride, but Montezuma's Revenge not is the term a reference like... to if you're in Mexico, yeah, and you eat too and much, drink and the water, drink too much, yeah, you drink mm-hmm. the water, and you get Montezuma's revenge, which gives you apparently diarrhea, right? terrible diarrhea. Yeah, that's where ah, I heard that term. I didn't get I, that. So that is what Montezuma's revenge is that I know of. I didn't know it was also apparently a. Are you ready? Ride? All right, listen. Montezuma's Revenge, spelled with two two O's, Z O O M, Zoom, is a shuttle roller coaster located at Knott's Berry Farm in Buena Park, California. Opened in 1978. Hmm. I have six flags, season passes. I don't go to Knott's Berry Farm. I've never um, heard of yeah. either of these, so wouldn't have gotten it. Well, no matter what. that you know what, I Mason, it doesn't surprise me that you, as our more wholesome um, member of the bench wouldn't know that montezuma's revenge is a diarrhea thing but uh i've heard of it but uh, I've when, when i that. when i think revenge montezuma is probably the seventh or eighth yeah here's some more montezuma's revenge <laughs> trivia nice. for knott's Berry farm on june 20th 2019 montezuma's revenge was designated as a roller coaster landmark by the american coaster enthusiasts Ooh. officially recognizing the ride as the last coaster of its kind in the united states and the longest standing in its original location the ride will be closed for a major refurbishment throughout 2022 and set to reopen in 2023 yeah. so my question is after you ride it, do you get diarrhea? <laughs> the diarrhea of excitement. <laughs> Episode well, title. Apparently, I think we've said that word too many times for this podcast. At diarrhea moment, so of excitement. Let's move on to question three in the Jim Brown halftime. Whew. Jim Brown portrayed the stalker fireball in the movie The Running Man. 
what WWE Hall of Famer was the stalker Captain Freedom? Oh, so there's more than one stalker. Because <laughs> I was like, you just said Jim Brown was a stalker. How could it be a WWE Hall of Famer? But guess so there's more than one the, stalker. The running men, the ones who were trying yeah. to get away and win, were, were all being stalkers. stalked by uh, multiple people. Yes, multiple. Uh, you know, uh, name their name similar to what's why can't i think of the 80s tv show well this that's a lot competition. Josh. the competition show that, like oh my god like american gladiator yeah american gladiators they were okay. named kind of like american gotcha gladiators. gotcha there we go all right so we're checked in all right uh half minority report is checked in we name tight ends you guys can now talk it out I told Scott I can name random people from this movie. It's clearly not. Um, okay. It's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's, it's right. not Richard Dawson. Um, it's like it's Family not Feud? Mick Richard Fleetwood. Dawson? Yeah. It's not Mick I had previously Fleetwood. Asked Fleetwood Mac. The He's in it. Mick Fleetwood? What the Fleetwood hell? Mac. He's in the movie. I know <laughs> yes. that random fact. Is this before That's... or after the Stevie Nicks affair? Probably after. It's late 80s. <laughs> so after. Um, and before, maybe. Um, <laughs> but the, I know those three people are in it. That doesn't help me. Okay. Richard Dawson's like the game show host of this dystopian future. Makes, is he like, kissing all the men? I made I made a graphic about this. I don't know if you remember this. I forgot what I, episode it was, but I made a graphic with. I him. remember the yeah, it was I one the that Richard I hosted because yeah. that was one of the questions I asked about yeah. was what game show host was yeah. the. So Richard yeah. Dawson's the guy in charge, like is hosting it. Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger's the one who's the main guy. Okay, and so then, so the thing is, WWE Hall of Famer doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a wrestler because they have a celebrity wing, so. This could very much, very well be someone that's in their celebrity wing. Like they have actors and other people in their, in their Hall point, of Fame. But then why mention he's a WWE Hall of Famer? If he's <sighs> to try to help me. That that wouldn't help though, right? Because I mean, what like, well, that's the thing. Would... It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like a WWE Hall of Famer, like in the celebrity wing. But if he's not I, one I of the I feel like talkers, that's leading then... us to naming someone who's known as a WWE personality. Yeah. Rather well, than Hulk just Hogan saying... seems too obvious. Um, and I, I feel like you, you would know if you would remember if Hulk Hogan was in that movie. Captain Freedom, does that have anything? Is there someone who has a similar name in WWE that maybe? Captain Lou Albano, but I don't think it was him. <laughs> that, yeah, probably not. Um, I was thinking like Roddy Piper, but because he would play a good stalker and he has uh, some credits to his name. Um, and if you're saying it's late 80s, I mean, that's definitely his yeah. it's like prominence era. I'm pretty sure it's like 87, 88. This one came out. Yeah, I feel like he didn't start acting until a little bit after that, like when he did like They Live and some of his other movies. I'm trying I mean, to pull anything because I've I've haven't seen the movie. It, I've read yeah. about it, but I don't. If know it's legitimately person. like a Hall of Famer from around that time, the big names are Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior. Like I have trouble picturing any of them doing that. Um. Yeah, I, I don't I'm, know, Mason. I don't. I'm just guess someone because I at least I can give you the time frame and I'm the a, ideas. But I, I, I think it's safe names. to say the stalkers are villains. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, so I don't think you're trying to run away from them to win a prize. I don't think like it's Hulk Hogan because I just don't think he would play a bad guy in a movie. It would mess up his image in wrestling. Like he was just all American good guy. So I don't think he would play a villain in a movie. Okay. At that time, after Rocky, like I just don't That's know fair. that he would do that again. Um. 
So let's just go with Roddy Piper. He was a, like a, a heel in wrestling. He's a really good bad guy. So maybe he wanted to capitalize on that. Okay. So we'll I'm check in with Roddy Piper. Okay. And half minority part. What do you guys have for an answer? So I, I kept trying to picture this. And, and first off, I, I, wrestling is not something that I really follow. Um, I watched a little bit back in the day, back in this time, during this time period. And I could picture him. And then um, I remembered a wrestler who is in Predator that I think was also in this, and that's Jesse the Body Ventura. Is that what you're going with for your answer? Yeah, we're going to say Jesse the Body Ventura. Well, one team will be getting points because in the same year, this wrestler starred in two movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Christian, you hit it. It was Predator and The Running Man. The correct answer is the body jesse the governor jesse the governor uh ventura um i ain't yes. got time to bleed uh and just to let you know there was another stalker in the movie who is also a wwe hall of famer and that would be professor tanaka mm. who was sub-zero oh okay interesting movie so uh, you know, it's, I mean, for a cheesy 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, movie. It's, yeah. it, give it a watch. It's actually not terrible. I mean, if you yeah. just want something that's just action-packed and, you know, has yeah. some faces, you rem- you know. Mason, I would not have thought of all the questions. This would be the Know Your Host with Jesse Ventura. <laughs> uh, and, and that isn't even why it ended up in here. I right. was just going through, I, I was trying to not get too far back, like, yeah, because you know he started acting in the '60s. I was trying to not go, and I yeah. was trying to pick movies that were sports related that had. Yeah, other you could athletes. also put that you could also get to yeah. without correct. To correct. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, and no, yeah. it's like Mason, you had it right. I didn't even know WWE had a celebrity wing. I was trying to get you to a wrestler. That's yeah. what the I was clue thinking, was to go to a wrestler. Otherwise, you would mention like what actor, what musician, or right. what, whatever. That's correct. why I, yeah. I knew that had to be important in some way. No. I mean, technically, uh, Ventura has done a lot of things, right? He he might even be more known to most people as an actor rather than a wrestler. I'd or say a as governor. a governor. Yeah. Politician, yeah. Okay, after halftime, uh, things have gotten really close. Half Minority Report is up to 175, and We Name Tight Ends is at 185. And now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be lucky seven. Oh, damn it. We should have got one more wrong. (laughs) Lucky seven. For this quarter, there will be three lists containing seven items. The team that is trailing coming into the quarter will choose the first list and attempt to identify the items on this list one at a time. If the team has an incorrect guess, the other team can attempt to finish that list out. 
team leading at the beginning of the quarter will select the second list, and whichever team is trailing after the first two lists will get the third list. Each item is worth 10 points. Okay, so the three possible lists that Half Minority Report you will get to choose from first are list number one, which is most NFL receiving touchdowns during the 2010s. List number two, the most Major League Baseball regular season team wins during the 1980s. And list number three is the most NBA three-point field field goals made during the 1990s. I think we're ready to pick pick our first. Uh, All right, what list. list are you going to go with for the your first uh, first go here? Maybe unsurprisingly, we're going to go with uh, receiving touchdowns in the 2010s. All right, I'm not very surprised. I, I asked Mason, which one do you want out of the second and third list? Because the first one's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Do you guys need yeah. a little more time to come up with your list? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, just a little bit, but uh, I'll yeah. start working on this time. list for any misses. Um, okay, so we're going to check in. Half Minority Report is going to attempt to name as many of the top seven most NFL receiving touchdowns during the 2010s. Who's your first player? Uh, why don't you take the first one, the first one we we said, Chris? Yeah, and, and I give Marcus credit for the majority of this list. Half the guys I was naming, it was like, yeah, that was like the 2000s. <laughs> so... Um, but the first guy is uh, Gronk. Rob Gronkowski is number one. He caught 79 touchdowns in 115 games. Uh, our next one, he just left the NO. We'll say Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is number two. He caught 75 touchdowns in 131 games. Uh, Megatron. Calvin Johnson is is number eight. Ooh. He had 62 touchdowns in 90 games. Hey. So unfortunately, you guys now are done with your list. And Can we get a mulligan. And we named tight ends, so that is that's a different quarter style. I'm sorry. Um we named tight ends. You guys now need to apparently maybe scramble because I don't know if you were thinking a lot about this list. Not expecting them to go out this yeah. early, for sure. Yeah. Um, wow. So there are still five, three through Ooh. seven. Yeah. Who do you feel strongest about of, of our list? I'd go Des Bryant. I Yeah, I'm probably torn between Des and Fitzgerald. I think Fitzgerald on, obviously, longevity. It's just because I he didn't... I just I feel like no, I can't remember the last I can't remember the last you know? year where he like had 13 14 touchdowns. That's why I would probably hold reception off on him. To the yards. All right, let's I'd go, probably hold off. Let's do Des. I go Des first, yeah. Okay, Des Bryant is number 4 on the list. 73 touchdowns in 113 games. Do you want to go Graham or Fitzgerald next? How do you Cuz I mean Graham what he was, I mean he was Graham shelf life was what 5 years? But he was he was. But it's, it, even if it's he was up there, and even he caught some more when he was in yeah Seattle. I mean, he, but he still caught some, not as much. And then yeah, yeah, let's Chicago do right. a little bit. So all right, yeah, Josh, we're yeah. going to say Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, number three on the list with seventy-four touchdowns 
in 153 games. All right, so 74 touchdowns. And, and Megatron was, what, 67? So we're looking at, like, 70-ish. I feel pretty he good about 62. Fitzgerald. 62, okay. 62. I feel pretty good about Fitzgerald then, because that's only six a year to get, like, in, in 10 years, you catch six touchdowns, you're at 60. So, and Fitz had some years where he had 12, 13. So even if he had a year where he had eight, it would balance out. Okay, yeah. I Yeah, I could see it. I, I'm fine with that, of the names we have left. All right, we're going to say Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is number nine on the list. He caught 61 touchdowns in 158 games. So six a year for 10 years is what you're saying. Yep. Pretty much. So you guys, uh, we named tight ends. You guys did mention two others on the list. Number five is Jordy Nelson, who had 68 touchdowns in 122 games. He, nobody mentioned number six, which was A.J. Green, who had oh, 63 we did in our touchdowns chat. Damn in 111 it. games. And Mason mentioned Demarius Thomas, nice. who had 63 touchdowns as well in 143 games. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. So each team got 20 points on that first list. So we named tight ends. Which do you know which list you guys are gonna uh, go for? We'll do we'll do baseball. Okay, okay, so we named tight ends is going to go for the most major league baseball regular season team wins during the nineteen eighties. We're ready to check in. Let me know what you got first. We're gonna start off with the Royals. Kansas City Royals. Number three on the list, they won 826 games. They made four playoffs, two World Series, and won one of those. Next, we'll go with the Tigers. The Detroit Tigers are number two on the list with 839 wins. They made the playoffs twice, went two and won one World Series. Okay, next we'll go with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Los Angeles Dodgers are number four on the list. They went to the playoffs four times, went to two World Series, and won them both. Okay. Uh, next, we will go with the Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox are number six on the list. They won 821 games. They went to the playoffs twice and went to the World Series once and did not win. All right. Here we go. Let's hope let's hope we can keep going here. We're going to go with the Yankees. The New York Yankees are number 1 on the list. They won 854 wow. games. They went to the playoffs twice and the World Series once and did not win. I I don't know. I didn't think there were one. I knew, I, I didn't think there were one either. On there, but okay. I guess early on would have pulled it a little bit more, but All right. So then we're going to go with the Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals are number five on the list. They won 825 games. They went to the playoffs three times. They went to three World Series, but they only won one. Right. I didn't think we'd make it this far, but uh, I, did, I didn't either. <laughs> let's let's see if we got the last one. We're going to go with the Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies are number 14 on the oh. list with 783 wins. Well, I'm glad we got six. Yeah. So there is one team left. All right. Not a lot of overlap with your list. No. 
And, you know, the, I didn't think the Yankees were going to be there because I didn't think they'd be one. They, they were trash yeah. the second half of the 80s. Yeah. Mid 80s was when I was sort of my when I really started watching. And yes, I did watch the 1986 World Series. And no, I didn't blame Bill Buckner. And sorry, you've you've gotten to be made up for that now. Yeah, you're you're yes. more than good. So yes, um, so <laughs> I, I I trust you. Uh, '80s baseball is a is a really dark spot for me. I'm not I'm not very good in that area. So the I guess the the two teams that I'm looking at that was on my list that I don't think were mentioned was um, the Orioles and the Mets. Right, neither one of those teams were mentioned. So. I trust. I trust you. You're you're gonna have to go with what, whatever you think is best. Because I don't. I'm not gonna have much for you. I'm leaning towards the Orioles. Um, obviously, the Mets did win a World Series, um, and they had, you know, Gooden and Strawberry. But um, I think wasn't that in the in the mid to late '80s? Yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. Is they they were young in that '86 World Series, so right? I don't know how good they were before then. I was um, only alive for two years of the '80s. <laughs> so i don't know i'm leaning to, i'm leaning God, towards I'm the orioles i don't know i guess uh i go with, i'll go with my gut and we'll, we'll uh check in with the orioles the baltimore orioles are number 13 on the list with 800 wins yeah i feel like they disappeared like to, to mid 80s they stopped like they just yeah. they, they won a, they won a world series so, i think in the 80s yeah. and then yeah. dropped off so chris if it makes you feel better the New York Mets also fell outside of the top seven. They were number yeah. nine yeah. with 816 wins. The team in seventh who had 819 wins, they went to the playoffs three times. They did not make a World Series at all, was the Houston Astros. Hmm. Oh, yeah, they had those pitching staffs. They had a good pitching staff. Hmm. I definitely would not have picked them, though. No. All right, well, after the first two lists, half minority report, you guys are still trailing, so you will be the first team to attempt to name the top seven, uh, the, the seven most uh, NBA three-pointer field goals made during the 1990s. We're going to check in. All right, half minority report is checked in, so let me know the first player you would like to uh, offer up. Reggie Miller. Got to be the first name. <laughs> Reggie Miller is number one with a bullet. <laughs> he made 1,543 uh, three-pointers in 776 games. Dale Ellis? Dale Ellis is number three on the list. He made 1,210 three-pointers in 717 games. And I'm glad that Marcus did not miss a Dale Ellis question this time around. Because I have I before. Hosting. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> trust me. I did. I wasn't going to miss that one. All right. Uh, good, good. good. Uh, the next name we'll go with is Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice is number two on the list. He made 1,269 three-pointers in 745 games. Uh, next, we'll go with Dennis Scott. Dennis Scott is number four on the list. He made 1,143 three-pointers in only 563 games. All he did. Uh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> that was that was my main reason for putting on and uh, putting him on there. I'm like, I don't think want... I've ever seen him take a shot 
No, he just corner. camped out in the corner. Like if they gave him an open layup, he ran back to the three point line, <laughs> <laughs> like Reggie Miller in that. In yeah, the exactly. Game. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, our next one, Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway is number six on the list Ooh. with one thousand one hundred and twenty-five three pointers made in six hundred and sixty games. Chris is, or Chris and I were were thinking about Tim Hardaway and who he played with. He played with a couple of prolific three-point shooters in in Chris Mullen and Rich Mitch Richmond. Which one do you do you want to go with? Mullen. Okay, we'll check in with Chris, Chris Mullen. Mullen. Chris Mullen did not make the top fifteen. Ooh, yikes! That's surprising. I'm very surprised by that. All right. So there are five and seven still out there for we name tight ends to try and come up with. All right, Josh, we're going to say Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond is number five on the list. Ah. He made 1,137 three-pointers in 722 games. All right. Good. <sighs> All right. So, I guess, yeah. We said, unless, like, unless you want, unless you want to change it, but I no, I no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. We'll go with uh, Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek, just like Chris Mullen, did not make the top 15. Okay, Josh, I I have to say a name that I had down on my list that I wasn't confident enough for the coin flip between Mullen and Richmond, but I, I had a sneaky suspicion he was high. Can I can I take a guess at that Absolutely. last one? Absolutely. Is it Mookie Blaylock? Ooh, Mookie better not Blaylock be. is number eight. Oh! <laughs> he had a 1,094, Ooh. so... Uh, the original namesake of Pearl Jam. Oh, yes. I asked that question and people were mad eight. at me. Why would people be mad at you? Because they didn't yeah. know it. I well, knew it. And I yeah. wasn't on that podcast. You were yeah, the same. I would have been on that. I if that. I would have yeah. had that. I, I know. Yeah, anyway. Uh, number eight was, or sorry, number seven was Vernon Maxwell. Mad oh, Max, oh, really? 123. I didn't think he lasted long enough. 86 games. And never, never would have gotten there. After those championship teams, I feel like he was gone. Chris, was um, Vernon Maxwell on the top of your mind? No, no. <laughs> Let me just I actually can't quick... stand him because he's one of the commentators on the Celtics radio broadcast. Really? Yeah. So, Scott, just to let you know, he played from 88 to 2001, so he did play the entire wow. decade. I don't remember uh, him at all in the late 90s. He, uh, in the, so, oh, he, he definitely made his way around. Yeah. In 98, he played for both the Magic and the Hornets. And in 99, he started with the Kings and then went to the Supersonics for the rest of 99 and 2000. You're damn right he did. And he was terrible. <laughs> I I bet he made some three-pointers, even though he was terrible. Uh, yeah, he did. Okay, so after oh. the third quarter, we have the following scores. Uh, half minority port is at 245. And we named tight ends is at 275, so only 30 points separating the teams going into the fourth quarter. Support for today's Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. All of us here at Benchwarmers received the performance package as a part of our Manscaped sponsorship, and I can speak with authority that it is filled with all sorts of goodies. I 
highly recommend you give it a try. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use the code BENCH at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. So don't forget, use the promo code BENCH, B-E-N-C-H, at checkout, manscaped.com. And that brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. So the categories for today are as follows. Question one, 80s in reference to the NBA. Question two, 90s in reference to Major League Baseball. Question three, the aughts or double O's in reference to the NFL. And question number four, tens in reference to college sports. Uh, It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in the category of 80s. What Hall of Fame power forward wore the number 84 for the Detroit Pistons in 2007? It was the only season during his 15-year career that he played for his hometown team. We're going to check in. We named tight ends has checked in. Half Minority Report. You guys can talk it out. Give me your answer and your wager. Um, one of my favorite moments in college basketball history is the timeout with uh, Chris Weber. So we're I, with yeah, and I agree. I I remember seeing him in that ugly, ugly number, and yeah, he was so old and he couldn't move. It was sad. It was sad to see that that form. I mean, not for you, but for me, it was. So yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So we checked in with Chris Weber for how many points? Sixty. 60 yeah. All right. And we named tight ends. What'd you guys have for an answer in a wager? Yeah, I had this pretty immediately. I sat in the group chat the other day. Uh, moment in NBA history, we pretend didn't happen. Like Hakeem Olajuwon on the Raptors. And to me, this falls into one of those categories. And I remember this very vividly when it happened. And not only that, the time frame works as well. From 93 to 07 would be 15 seasons. So we also checked in Chris Weber for 50 points. Both teams will be getting their points. The correct answer is Chris Weber. The only other jersey number that wasn't number four that he wore was number two during his first season with the Washington Bullets. 84. What a terrible number. Oh, yucky. <laughs> All right. Um, well, with that, Half Mill Report has gotten 10 points closer because they wagered 10 more points. It is now... 305 to 325, only a 20-point difference. Moving on to question two in the category of 90s. Two major leaguers played in more than 1,500 games during the 1990s, one in each league with one playing for two teams and the other for one team. Name both of these players. 
are you able to specify whether the both teams were in the same league? That both the teams were in per- the same league because when Thank I say you. one was in one, well, in I, each yeah, league, yeah. The the two, so the one that was in two teams was in the same league. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to think of because I know it's been talked about before. That's what. I'm, well, I'll be, right, yeah, we're checked but, in. Okay, Half Manure Report has checked in. So we name tight ends. You guys can uh, talk it out with names. Let me know your answer and your wager. All right. So so Ripken just comes down to the math. I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I'm just worried that this is a trap answer because, you know, with the streak and just. I know. That's, that's what I'm worried about. But I, I like your answer on the other side of it. Based you, on like, you, you like Mark Grace? I'm starting to like it just because he's a hits leader in the 90s. Hits leader in teams. the 90s, two teams. He played to my recollection, pretty much every day. You want to go Ripken and Grace? Yeah, the law firm Ripken and Grace. Um, I, I or we'll go, we'll go Grace Ripken, who sounds like the main character on like a sitcom, like a mom <laughs> in her early 40s, Grace Ripken. It's, it sounds like the nickname, or it sounds like the lead character of a spinoff of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> the Grace Ripken star in Helen Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> the reboot hey. of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Grace Ripken. <laughs> Josh, we're going to check in with Mark Grace and Cal Ripken Jr. for 100 points. Okay, and we, uh, sorry, and half an report, what did you guys have for an answer? Um, we came to Ripken pretty quickly, and, you know, while, while they were talking it out, I, I was saying to Marcus that I forgot about the strike, so I didn't even calculate that in. But um, we sort of thought he was a shoe-in, and then uh, – you know, we were bringing up some names. We brought up Barry Bonds. And then we also ended up settling on Mark Grace. For how many points? 60 points. Fortunately, both teams will be losing their points. You did fall for the trap answer. Yep. The player on one team was not Kel Ripken Jr. It was Craig Biggio. Well, that's who, why we couldn't say the Astros. We're in the National they were, League they were the NL, for the yep. entire 90s and 2000s. They didn't come to the AL until 2013. Um, so the answer, the correct answers were Craig Biggio. And the answer that seems to be one that everybody forgets on this podcast, Rafael Palmero, who played oh, for Ra- the Rangers and Rangers, Orioles. Orioles. And then he went back to the Rangers. In so the 90s, yeah. Played for two teams during the 90s. So Palmero... Played in 1,526 games. Biggio played in 1,515 games. Now, to feel make you feel a little better, Mark Grace played in 1,491 games. Jay Bell was fourth with 1,475. Yep. And in fifth place, Cal Ripken Jr., who played in 1,475 games. It was September of 1995 when he oh. ended his streak. I so did I... not remember Raphael Palmero. <laughs> <laughs> so just to let you know, um, 95, he still played in 144 games. Now, the one thing is, in 94, he must have gotten hurt. Ripken, mm. he only played in 112 games. But technically, well, if you're on the that's... injured list, that doesn't... That's bull... Preclude you no, from... No, I think that's the strike, though. Or is that the strike year? That's oh, the sorry, strike. That's the, the strike year. My bad. Yeah. That's the strike uh, year. He played every year of the strike year. Yeah. So he played most of the 95, right? Because it was September. 
96, he played 163, 97, he played 162, 98, 161, but in 99, he only played in 86 games. There it is, yeah. That's the that's season that made him about. You're a fraud, Cal Ripken. <laughs> Take it out of the record uh, books, you but, coward. So, though both teams got their points lost on that, unfortunately, now we have a score change, a leader change. At the moment, half minority report is at 245, and we named tight ends is at 225. So that was a 40 point swing moving into question three in the category of the odds. What quarterback who was criticized for having small hands led the NFL in fumbles during the decade of the 2000s, having fumbled 101 times in 104 games played? That is a lot of fumbles. <laughs> we'll check in. Okay, we named tight ends is checked in. Half minority report, you guys can talk it out. Let me know your answer and your wager. Well, we discussed Mr. Fumble, Tony Banks, but he was too early for this. I kind of like know your host strategy here. Because the more I think about it, I think Dante Culpepper fumbled a lot. Mm-hmm a lot and he was so big physically yeah i mean but the guy was like you said in the chat he was enormous right i mean i i think that's i think that's the thing he was big as hell but he had little little baby hands all i can think about is that game have you ever seen <laughs> he had that little game? burger king hands the, the little 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 hands that game where you <laughs> like a little hand on his stick. like uh the kristen wig character that has yes. she has a big forehead and the little the little plastic <laughs> tiny hands yeah from like, like, I, I just came up with the graphic for the show <laughs> it's dante Cole, those little tiny plastic hands, hands. <laughs> i like dante Culpepper. yeah i mean yeah okay i you feel pretty strongly about this. So I'm fine going with Dante. I, I do with the time frame. Like yeah. you said, we named we named Rich Gannon. He was another guy who was late, late bloomer. Yeah. I mean, Michael Victor was drafted in what '99. Yes, and then he played through. Or, yeah, yeah, right, 99, right around 2000. there. '99, 2000. And like you said, he missed a couple of years because he was, you know, had to face the music, and then um, he came back. And I mean, he hit the ball a lot, but I would go with Culpepper. All right personally yeah i mean my my uh gut and my instincts this game has been weak so uh, we'll go with culpepper all right we're with checking culpepper. with dante culpepper for 60 points okay and we named tight ends what did you guys have for an answer and a wager so we tried to think about the small hands for a little bit that didn't work um <laughs> the only thing that i had that i know i'm pretty sure this is fact i'm pretty sure the most fumbles in a season was carrie collins and we did some math. That's about six and a half years this person would played. So it made sense because he was on the Giants, the Panthers, Raiders, Titans. I think it's. I think he probably got to six and a half seasons worth of starting games. Um, that was the only fact that I had was that Kerry Collins, I think, had a lot of fumbles. I remember one season, I think he had like maybe 20-something. It was a pretty ridiculously high number. Um, so based off of the math and what we did, we got to Kerry Collins. So we're checking with that for 100 one team will be getting points. And if you listen to Dan Lundberg on this podcast, I do believe he often references the tiny hands of Dante Culpepper. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dante Culpepper had 101 fumbles in a hundred or 100, 101 fumbles in 104 games played. Uh, second was Kurt Warner with 93 fumbles in 107 games, followed by Brett Favre with 83 fumbles in 160 games, and John Kitna with 82 fumbles in 104 games. Central Washington's finest, Ellensburg, Washington <laughs> legend, John Kitna? <laughs> that makes so much sense. sense. An elite um, level of lack of athleticism. Yeah. Uh, and hair. So, so just to give you some reference. Well, so do I. Uh, so Culpepper's hands were nine and a half inches, which for, I think, guys who are maybe around six foot, that's not that bad. But for a guy who's like six, four there, that's considered small. Uh, for reference, Kenny Pickett had at the, at the combine measured at eight and a half inches. So uh, sorry, Pittsburgh, but he's literally playing with those little doll hands that you can see either on SNL. Oh, that's or why he's many, wearing gloves or many TikTok skits where they've got the little, Oh my God. When you, you said, so that. you said cold peppers are nine and a half. Cold his peppers hand, are nine and a half. So his hands are the same as Marcus's, you know, <laughs> hands. my hands. ego hands, <laughs> my um, ego, but yeah, uh, cold pepper in, Three seasons, fumbled fifty-one times in three seasons. Oh, leading the league in two thousand two with twenty-three fumbles for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, that was the year he was on the cover of Madden. Hell yeah! Moving on to the last question, the game has gotten a little bit lopsided at the moment. We don't need to cover that right now. We'll cover the scores after the fourth. So question four in the category of the tens. Four teams made the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament every year during the 2010s. Name three of those teams. All right, Josh, we're checked in. All right. Uh, we named tight ends is checked in. So half minority report, you guys can talk it out. Let me know your answer and your wager. I, I definitely like Gonzaga. Chris sent over Gonzaga pretty quick. I agree. I've missed yeah. in a long time. Yeah. So Duke. I feel like they had an off year, though. I agree. I feel like they might have had an off because year. Because we like, had a question not that long ago about, about uh, adjacent, not this necessarily, but like, you know, streaks of, yeah. of, uh, NCAA tournament appearances, and I believe Duke uh, is one of those schools that has a year where they just had an off year and they missed. I feel like UNC might be in that group too, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I think they might be also. Uh, what about um, Kansas? I like. Yeah, I feel like Kansas is there. I mean, they win the Big Twelve mm-hmm. pretty much nonstop. Villanova. Um, uh, when, did know, Wright, the- when did Jay Wright get there? I can't even put that. Yeah, I feel like early in the decade, I mean, they were obviously much stronger later, right? Is that when, because they won their championship later in the decade. I don't know how they were earlier. And then there's like, I I feel like there might be a mid-major in there somewhere. You know, someone like Butler or like, well, Butler's not a mid-major anymore, but. Well, um, I mean, yeah, not anymore, but at the time they for sure were. Well, what were they? Yeah, I mean, and this is only, and actually, this is only the 2010s. 2010s, right? So, like, they could have missed in 2020. Agre- and still yeah. be on this list. 
But I know so, yeah, they. I, I know they had a couple of lean years right after they went to the national championship game. Yeah. Because yeah, they they went to the national championship game. I know they had a lean year or two at least. Now I'm trying to think of those Big East schools. Like I know Louisville had a couple down years. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Notre Dame, Marquette. I think BC had like ten down years during that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Boston College has had a down decade. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Don't worry. Washington's in the process of one. Arizona? Uh, in the 2010s. I, I think there was a year where Sean Miller was there where they didn't make it. So I, that's I mean, not I a bad guess. That's not a bad guess, though. Definitely, definitely Gonzaga. Okay. And then Kansas, I mean... Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with Kansas. Um, and I feel like that that like the other two are going to be sort of schools like that. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. They have a decent basketball team, but like they don't make the Final Four or like. Ooh, what about else. Michigan State? Oh, maybe. Because uh, Big Ten's usually like a pretty, or yeah. Purdue maybe. Purdue, Purdue's another yes. one that has seems like they make it a lot. Are any of those tickling your fancy? Josh has given us yeah, the one. I mean, I'm, sense, so I'm trying to think of answer. like, are there any of the other mid-majors that are as dominant as like Gonzaga that are there every year? I don't think there are, I guess. Like it's, it's tough. It's tough because there's 27 leagues and it's hard to yeah. <laughs> decipher who's right. in the Patriot like League the and who's sky. coming out of the SWAC and the Southland Conference. Yeah. Um, what do you think about one of these Big Ten teams? I, I kind of am leaning there. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Right. Purdue, Michigan State. Does it, uh... I think it's a coin flip for those two. Okay. Um... I mean, Michigan State, because see, Michigan State's been to more Final Fours, I think. Like, they've gone farther. Right. But, like, Purdue is sort I feel of like they're always teams. in it. Yeah, they're there, and they just, you know, they make it to the maybe the third round, and then they're out. Okay. If they make it that far. Um. All right, so – do you want to say, so we'll check in with Gonzaga, Kansas, Purdue. Does that sound good sure. to you? Yep, that sounds good. All right. We're going to check in Gonzaga, Kansas, Purdue for 60 points. Okay. And we named tight ends. What do you guys have for answers and a wager? Yes. First two names we threw out were Gonzaga and Kansas. Figured those had to be on there. Duke and Kentucky are definitely not there. Um, the next name I threw out was Michigan State because I'm pretty sure they have a, a decently long streak, possibly even back to the 90s at least. So those are the three we went with, Gonzaga, Kansas, Michigan State for 25. One team will be getting points. The four teams are Kansas, Gonzaga, Michigan State, and Duke. Duke did not miss out until 2021 because no team made it in 2020 because the tournament didn't happen. But so 2021 was the year where Duke's streak ended, but they did have all 10 years. Um, There were five teams that went nine times in the 2010s. That's Kentucky, North Carolina, Villanova, Cincinnati, and Matt Doherty's favorite team, the Wisconsin Badgers. So, so yeah, so Duke got tripped up last mm. 
not not the one that just happened, but the one before. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, with that, the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. We name tight ends finishes with 150 points. And our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the not so coveted Bailey Zappi Award. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that is extremely coveted up here. With 245 yeah. <laughs> points is half minority report. Hey, Christian, let's go. Yes. Uh, well, consider, right. considering it, Zappi's behind Brian Hoyer. <laughs> I mean, who's like we haven't, we haven't, who's older than Brady? I think camp just started, right? Like he could get to the. Don't worry, camp. it's New England in two years. The fan base is going to be clamoring for Bailey Zappi and not to pay Mac Jones because that's how they are. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, uh, is there anything you guys would like to say before we call it a night? Yeah, I just want to. I just want to thank you guys again for letting me come on. Um, yes, yeah, is my. Fifth time, I think. So like like you said, Josh, at the beginning. So um, I expect with my hat, I'll get that smoking jacket. And your benchy. And my benchy, yep. Um, but no, I I had a lot of fun, even though like, you know, I got to thank Marcus because he basically carried us because every single time we had a coin flip answer that I picked, it was wrong. <laughs> Somehow we still pulled it out. Um, but I, I do appreciate it. I, I love the podcast. Obviously, I listen, and um, you know, I I look forward to it dropping every Tuesday, so and Friday. So, thank you. Yeah, uh, Chris, this is a lot of fun. I, the, it's one of these things when we do this podcast is, uh, you know, we we deliberate as much as we can to make good podcast con- content for you guys. But I wish we could transcribe Chris in my chat because there are some there there are a lot of things that we were just laughing about in the middle of deliberation. I could see Josh laughing because we were laughing, and obviously that's not going to make it. But uh, Chris, this is a lot of fun. Uh, Josh, this was a fun game, challenging in ways, and and like you said, you threw in some easy ones and some other ones we were both teams are struggling with. But I mean, it was a it was a great game. So thank you. And thank you, Scott and Mason, because I enjoy both of you very much. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll echo that. Um, Josh, this was a lot of fun. Ironically, we did better in the first half, which I didn't enjoy as much as the second half, but we did worse. <laughs> like, I thought the lucky seven was great. I thought the fourth quarter questions were great, but we did worse. But then it's like we had a Jim Brown halftime and some weird haikus, but somehow we got those. I don't know. This was a weird game, but it was a, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, nonetheless. Um, I think this is a, it, it, you know, what's funny is it, I mean, first of all, Chris, I'm glad that you, you're on here for the fifth time. I'm glad you, you won. I know I've been on the losing end with you before. So I, yeah, you but know, I won with you. We beat Eric. That, one yes, time. we did. You know what? He still I, hates me for that. I, I well, beat no, Eric hates me because of the game I hosted, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I'm, Sorry. you know, I'm always, if I'm going to lose, it's always nice to, to give people, you know, a, a win that, that deserve it just based on how many times how often they're on here and, and their fandom you know it's always good to if I do have to lose it, it I'd much rather lose to you than like Dan or Ede or David it's like <laughs> that's just that doesn't do anything for them like they're yeah, already those, you know, those dicks they don't need the win um so I appreciate that um it's ironically I feel like Marcus and I actually would have done really well as a team in this game this is like one of the games where it's like 
I think we would have done really well because he would have got Culpepper for me and like I would have uh, helped out with some of the ones that he got wrong. Like, so, but you just never know how it's going to go. But um, so I'm glad that you were able to get the victory. I don't have much to add. <laughs> if you want me to say so. Um, <laughs> I will say that I didn't sound completely foolish during an all movie halftime, which I think is an accomplishment. Yeah, baby. Ooh, that, I actually, that. that I actually made some sense and actually could contribute in a way. So I think that, that was an, a, a moral victory in of itself, <laughs> even though we only got one of them right. I Moral victories here. Yep. Chris, thank you for coming on. Uh, don't, Take a, don't take a lawn chair and sit by your mailbox waiting <laughs> for the Benji or your smoking jacket. Just don't don't spend your time with that because I I think you'll be sadly um, let down. Just gonna let you know because don't. How check about your some mail tiny hands? Can you mail me some tiny hands? Well, that we might be able to work out, um, but we have to get them from Dante Culpepper first. So yeah, I'll um, see what he's up to. But thank you for. Um, being an avid listener and a member of our Patreon team. We really appreciate you and uh, all the other Patreon supporters. I know I said this the last time as well, but we appreciate everybody who listens, even those who maybe hate listening to us. We'll, we'll take any listeners that we can get. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. Ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.